have. And um, have is, you know, is it synonym, it's synonymous. You say homonymous, does it sound similar? With what word? We say homonymous, you say, can you do this? Yes. But um, somewhat of a homonym with what name? What person in the Bible? I can. on words, the um, the, par- the Torah portion for this Shabbat is Parashat Ekev, which the fifth book of the Bible, it begins to Devarim 7.12, Deuteronomy 11.25, and it's not void, it is not void of warnings, tribulations, and even an account of the death of our first Kohen Gadol, Aharon, the brother of Moses, but it is joyful in its own sort of way. Early on, today's parasha speaks of favors and blessings and rewards which result from observing and performing or doing or guarding the mitzvot that God has given us. The word which is the title of today's parasha, ekev, it's had a broad broad range of meanings ascribed to it because to the end, reward, ekev is related to the term akev, meaning heel or hoof, or in the plural, footprint. Since hence the um, tying in with Yaakov and his birth, the um, coming out of grasping the heel when they, when they were, came out of their mother, uh, of his brother Esav, and then symbolically applying it later to him being somewhat deceptive in Esav's opinion with how he got the birthright, although he did that totally legitimately, but he still didn't, so he made a pun that he's rightly named that. It'd be like if, you're, um, if you felt your, your brother was named Robert and you thought he stole something, he said he's rightly named Rob, something like that. That's, um, but it, it has to be a heel, hoof, or in the plural footprint, or the rear guard of an army. Jewish tradition has applied this relationship by pointing out that Hashem's commands are assigned by some people to the category. At least some of the commands are assigned by some people to the category of relative, relatively, relative unimportance. We may say, okay, I can handle ten commandments, maybe even a few more, but some of those commandments seem so unimportant to me. Which, in some ways, some, it even Jewish, Judaism recognizes, some, you know, mishpatim, Mitzvot, but chukim are considered often like a chuk. The plural is one that doesn't have an obvious reason for it. I was reading a book on kashrut once, and it said, it was talking about kosher slaughter. It's not an, it's not an obvious reason for it. Of course, it had the guttural, you know, ch for the guttural chuk, and I thought it first said, kosher slaughter is a choke. And I said, you don't choke, it's just slaughter the throat. So I misunderstood that when I first read it. But... Um, so it's acknowledged that the reason, some are more obvious than others what the reason for it is, but sometimes we use that as an excuse of, well, if it's obvious to me, you know, sure, I'll follow it. If it's not obvious to me, but our understanding of why we do things is not always the determining factor on whether we should do something. And sometimes there's studies, and they're not, they have a purpose. Some biblical studies, they're not bad as far as if you want to have an analytical study, but sometimes people say, well, there's, there is a moral law, a ceremonial law, and a civil law. Like I said, they're n- it's not bad as far as uh, if you're having a systematic study. But if you use it to say, well, I'm going to call that moral, and therefore I have to follow it, the other ones are 
less than moral and it's not as important because I've put it in that category. When we do that, we sometimes run the risk, like with the heel, a kev, of treading over some of the commands of God with our heels. In this Shabbat's parasha, we are told reward, favor, and blessing will result from observing God's commands, the commands that he's given us. Rashi pointed out that when Yisrael, and when he said Yisrael, Yisrael, he meant Klal Yisrael. He meant the people of Yisrael. There was no modern state of Yisrael at the time. He meant the people of Yisrael. The Jewish people, when Israel is careful in its observance of God's commands, covenantal reward and kindness will come to us from God. Of this we can be confident. Abraham Torsky is a rabbi, but he's also, I don't know what else he is besides a rabbi. He did a great commentary. If you want a one-volume commentary on the Parashot, which is, a, which is fairly short, but um, gets really good to the point. He's also a physician, and he's a psychiatrist. You know, they say... Um, how many psychiatrists does it take to change a light bulb? And they say, just one, but the light bulb has to really want to change. <laughs> but he is both a rabbi and a, a psychiatrist. In commenting on the first verse of today's Torah portion, he wrote, ethicists state that nothing is permissible, permissible according to Torah, inasmuch as man was created for a specific purpose and was given various skills and powers wherewith he is to fulfill that purpose. Any use of these gifts for a purpose other than that design by one's mission is forbidden. Every act is either positive or negative. There is no such category as neutral or permissible. Of course, when getting down to the specifics is what exactly should I do is what can the nitty-gritty that can that takes prayer and counsel and the fellowship for that. That can be difficult, but there's, um, there's no category which is simply neutral, ultimately. Obviously, commands are compulsory. Sinful acts are forbidden. However, even when hosts of other acts, which appear to fall in neither category, even when the hosts of other acts which seem to fall in neither category become commands if they contribute to the fulfillment of one's mission and sinful acts if they detract from your mission. Thus, since the body requires nutrition and rest in order to function properly, the acts of eating, drinking, and sleeping, while not usually thought of as mitzvot, do indeed become focused upon why do we have rechot for this and that which doesn't seem like, seems like a very um, secular act, but certain acts can become very important when they when they're play a role in our ultimate purpose of our existence. Haftarat Ekev was, is from Yeshayahu, the book of Isaiah, chapters 49 through 51. Rabbi Noson Sherman, who I believe was the one of the big rabbis at art school passed away recently. I'm not sure. I don't want to sit, refer to him in the past tense if he's still living, but the general editor of the um, art school series. He comments that the Jews were to fall, the Jews were to fall from their spiritual pinnacle and would be exiled among the nations, where they would wonder if all was lost and whether their destiny had been discarded in the waste bin of history. If you live a life that's pleasing to God. And one that prioritizes living according to his rules, blessings follow. But such a lifestyle will not always be easy. 
nor will it always be popular. I don't know anyone's had, you know, you're, I had one friend, he had, he said, you're, you know, you're really pushing it, asking, you don't want to work Saturdays and all these holidays off. You may at times feel like you have been assigned to the waste bin of society. Rabbi Sherman comments further on the Haftarah portion by saying that the prophet speak, is speaking as the eternal Jew, saying that he does not feel despair despite the blows and humiliations. For he knows that God will not let him, will not let him be destroyed, and that the redemption will yet come. So he pleads with his fellow Jews, his neighbors, and those who had not, who had not even yet been born, not for millennia, to remember that they are the children of Abraham and Sarah, and that God will comfort them. In the eleventh chapter, Rav Shaul's letter to the Romans, to the Congregation of Rome. He uses the symbolism of an olive tree. That's one of those passages which seem to be um, somewhat elastic in its interpretation. It I can't always get straight who the, um, who the wild branches are because one will say, well, it's all Gentiles. And then she will say, well, it's, it's, it's Christians. And we'll say, well, it's evangelical Protestants. So um, sometimes it gets a little confusing. But with in the olive tree, with branches being removed, they're removed, grafted in, etc. As you know, Messianic Jewish congregation is a synagogue where Yeshua Hanatsrati is proclaimed as the Messiah of Israel. Those who claim to follow Yeshua HaMashiach are putting themselves in the position of being a branch on an olive tree. Whether natural, grafted in, or both, the question to ask is, if someone is in, were to inspect this particular branch, and this is for everyone to ask ourselves, if, if they were to inspect you, the branch that you are, would they see olives? Would they see evidence of being part of an olive tree? One knows a tree by its fruits. Many people do not even desire to be part of the olive tree, of course. They don't care. But for those who do... Will they come to us to learn about the olive tree and possibly be grafted in or grafted back in, as the case may be, for themselves? Or will they see fruit, see our fruit and conclude we are part of not an olive tree but some sort of wild poisonous bush? <laughs> that's, no, that's not a political statement on the former president, but... These are the types of questions that we need to be asking ourselves on a regular basis. Are you part of the olive tree? Are you, are you demonstrating the fruit of that? In this age, we are bombarded with concepts. I'm dating myself. Some of these are more 70s and 80s. But looking out for number one, the me generation, be all you can be. This famous, one of the most well-known quoted verses that's not in the Bible, God helps those who help themselves. Another one, you can't love others until you love yourself. Now, the focus today is not upon each of those expressions and not do some of those expressions have some merit and the philosophies that are behind them and the relative merits and demerits of each expression. Some of those expressions have at least some merit, like I said, but they're not really taught in the Bible. They're not the Bible's focus. The ultimate source of self-esteem, of healthy self-esteem, will be a focus on the fact 
that we have been created in the image of God and a continual realization that we must live as he's commanded us and in a manner that would make us progressively more like Yeshua HaMashiach. Our halacha, not every expression. Some expressions you hear in religious circles. I don't know why they're using them. I, I don't know. I don't know why anyone. I don't. I mean, I have some idea why, but I don't know why anyone would call anything that's supposed to be in the least bit spiritual a crusade. Which I mean, it's done. I'm not saying anything good as well. But I, I harvest. We wouldn't call it a harvest inquisition or a harvest jihad or a harvest auto de fe. So I don't understand that. But some things like. Like the idea of a walk with God, which you may hear in my daily walk, that's very, that is very spiritual, very Jewish. Our halacha, our walk, embarking upon the path of observing God's commands and living according to Hashem's standards, doing that sometimes may be very comfortable, very popular, a very popular route to travel. And for every moment when it's popular and comfortable and fun, I would say Baruch Hashem. But the road to Olam Haba, the road to the world to come, may often be bumpy. And I don't pretend that the kind of life that one commits oneself to when they're committed to living according to God's commands will be easy. What I would affirm today, to close this, is to say that your family, AZS, is here to be your travel companions. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, Rabbi. You're welcome.